Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. hip 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 powder donut <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. hip 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 powder donut <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey now, the Hey Now Howard podcast, first and only podcast dedicated to the king of all media, Howard Stern, and all things related to the Howard Stern Show. I'm Daniel Coyne. And I'm Tyler Cortad, and today we're catching up on all the latest developments on the Stern Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Hey Now Howard podcast, broadcasting from Los Angeles, California. Do us a favor, hit the five star, hit the thumbs up, tell your uh, aunt about us, tell any Stern fan. Like us, we need the likes. That's right, we have very few friends as is, so the more friends. If you don't like this, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) Things got done quickly. Too much? Too much right off the bat? (laughs) took a quick turn on this episode. Too much? Um... I used to have a lot of friends back in like the MySpace era, but now not so many. So we need open this. as many we listeners as we can get. <laughs> oh, uh, click like, comment back. <clears throat> Today we're going to be catching up with the Stern Show, talking about the interviews that we like, the appearances, the staff fights. Oh my God, we have a lot to catch up on. There's lots to catch up on. Too much. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind, though, and I know it's probably not the most pressing topic, but it, it, it <laughs> I probably attribute this to Fred's drops, but soft swinging <laughs> and Fred's orgy story and the swinging uh, controversy because Shirley does not believe him and how it happened. Uh, so steamy so steamy dude these drops are the best so steamy and soft swinging my two favorite drops at the moment i love them so much uh but to talk about that brent um and his wife uh have been trying to swing i've been soft swinging if you will for a long time trying to go to these swinging clubs swinging parties uh sex parties and they haven't succeeded in, in actually swinging with another couple uh, until very recently. Or they did, and then this is a, the the follow-up story to that. Um, and it's and Brent gave all the juicy details that were so steamy. Uh, and Shuli was there to give the play-by-play, um, much to uh, Brent's dismay. Yeah, Brent's kind of becoming like the this year's Ronnie. It was last year, you know. He's kind of becoming the... Uh... 
Oh. The the window into the weird things that uh, Howard never experiences, and a lot of us don't, including myself. Um, I'm definitely not into the local swinging scene. No, I don't get it at all, but it's hilarious. I mean, he's in New York City. He's got a good-looking wife. I definitely don't doubt it. I think I think it's kind of a bit. A it's whole a it's a hundred percent a bit, but it's still a funny bit because I I feel like Brent is really if he, like he he's not that good of an actor. Pissed. He's definitely pissed. Right. Yeah. He truly knows it's a bit, and uh, and now it's like popping up in signs and like the WWE. Oh, I love it. Like yeah, you know, Shirley loves that shit too. That's so Which funny. Is great. Right. Um, uh, but I, I definitely believe him. He has no reason to lie. Um, just a side and, note, real quick. Whenever they're in studio and they and and they're talking, and Brent does this whole orgy story that we'll get into, and like we'll kind of dive into that. But he, he gets through the whole story, and it's you know, quote unquote, so steamy. And Howard goes, he's "Like, man, I'd love to know what Ronnie thinks of this. Where's Ronnie? Where I want to know what Ronnie thinks of this." Ronnie comes in and he's Ronald. You know, he's not. He's like totally. And he's like, "Yeah, Elder yeah, States, it's not my." And then, but the thing that made me fucking lose, like, I almost wrecked my car over it. Is and, and everybody in the studio lost it too. Like Howard actually like broke up and lost it. Is whenever Fred became Pup- Ronnie Puppet, and he was like that. But he was like Ronald as the Ronnie Puppet, and he was like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, like Ronnie was like he wasn't. You know, Ronnie wasn't diving in yeah, like they wanted him to. Yeah, he like was that. just. Yeah, he yeah. was just kind of like stepping back. So yeah, and then just Fred's. Dude, Fred stepped in and like Ronnie was being not you know Ronnie that they want him I to mean, be without Fred. Roddy is not funny at all. He could be, but Fred fucking took over no, and just made. Yeah, he's just all. not funny. <laughs> well, but, Howard too. But Fred fucking took over and made. Oh, oh I fucking laughed so hard. It was so funny. Bit. Yeah, the Ronnie puppet's the best. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah, Brent's orgy story is. I don't know. It's fucking weird because I, I just. I think they I need can't that get into staffer, it. Like whether it's my met on Tinder or. The resident um, sex yeah, expert. Getting weird. Yeah. They yeah. need that someone out there on the streets, like, yeah. actually doing the thing. Um, we talk about staying relevant with Howard. Yeah. Like, having a staffer that kind of stays relevant in the right. in the sex area is is important. Exactly. You know? We don't want to hear a bunch of married men. Sure. Exactly. Know, not having sex with their wives. Or right. Whatever. That's not the best stories. Yeah, not you like definitely I want need to hear those stories anyways, but the, <laughs> but the show kind of brings it out and makes it funny. Sure. And and you need these kind of these stories, like yeah, the, the single guys out in New York City and kind of just giving a lay of the land of what it's like to be single as a guy or a girl in in New York. Although they they really don't have a female perspective on that. Um, yeah, they, I think they used to. The chick that calls in from Florida once in a while. Yeah, sure. That's <laughs> how, how yeah, legit yeah, that random is. Random stories here and there, but yeah. we both follow her on Instagram now. It's like oh, I don't trust this chick. <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust her. I don't know what's going on here. Wiring her money. What's that? <laughs> you don't trust her. No, nah, I mean she's probably just making shit up and calling stories. in. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd love yeah, to believe it to be true. Fucking buy a chick and she's gonna have some wild stories. Nah, sure. Why don't we digress? <laughs> As we both think about this chick, <laughs> ah, maybe she's making it. Eh, maybe not. Either way, uh, Brent's having a fucking hell of a marriage in our life, but I, it's one yeah, that I, I'm. A good life. I'm kind of on the uh, on the Ronnie side of this, where it's like, yeah, that's cool and all. Like, I get it. Like, good for you. And if I'm in a relationship where 
you know, that's kind of going on and we want to introduce somebody else into the bedroom, uh, another girl, sure, maybe. But that whole thing, that whole sex party and swinging is a whole scene that I just don't yeah, get. And wild. I don't, it's wild and I don't think I could ever be a part of it. For sure. Yeah. Well, do you think it's Brent really, well, I guess they, they, they also talk a lot about there's stuff off the air that, Oh, you should have seen him bragging about how hot these chicks were, you know, to the to the staff behind, behind sure. the scenes. So, is it more like someone like Brian's a Marine? He's more of I'd say like a, I don't know him obviously, but I'd I'd take him as more of a quieter guy. And uh, is it more him bragging and telling these stories to the staff, and then they bring it out in the air? Or is it more him telling them that happened, and it's like Howard? bringing all that out i mean obviously he's the best at flushing out a full story and really painting a full picture right which can be hilarious in its own right just how deep of questioning they get into yeah i don't think brent uh tries to exaggerate but i i think he he makes believe in his own head like the, it, it is the way it is and that's how he portrays it to the staff and whenever he actually talks about it in front of howard i, I don't think he's putting on but like I, if you and I were in this situation, we were to analyze it. I don't know if we would see it the same way that Brent sees it. If that makes any sense. So I think that's why Shuli kind of he saw an opportunity there and he jumped on it. And I think that's what makes that really entertaining. Now uh, he's kind of seeing the bit out. He's of, seeing the bit out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he believes it, but he just now now the bit's funny that Not, Brent gets pissed about it. Right. And I don't think I don't see any reason to stop because I don't see. I mean, when you watch the the app and you look at the video brent is fucking fuming he's he's so steamy and not in the steamy that he's talking about he's just steaming yeah he's just a bad like anti-chemistry right works well yeah and it's funny though it's funny to see brent and ronnie team up on shuli because like that happened a couple weeks ago too where uh ronnie came in and they like they both teamed up and they were like shuli you're the angriest guy on staff you are so angry and he's like and then shuli's just cracking up yeah. So I, love I mean she was a comedian it's right. you know you're just laughing and having a good time and ultimately it's Howard knows whenever they start talking about this he's like get Shuli in here yeah so he rile him up yeah he just wants them to rile him up it makes it more interesting um, but that was interesting that was a really fun topic uh, I had fun with that and then there was um, oh god this is more recently so we'll be kind of all over the place with this podcast as far as trying to catch up but this happened uh the Ralph and Chris Wilding feud, yeah, which is weird because I, I gotta say, to, to, Ralph's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> Ralph's weird. He's weird for this. He's a weirdo for this. I, I mean, he's totally weirdo, but like, he's really weird for this. Chris well, did nothing wrong. Problem with him that he said he talked about things he talked about off air, on air. It wasn't even. I mean, the way that Chris I forget what even the main problem was. They go so Chris and Ralph hang out. Right, they're friends and they go out to dinner and like these places so uh chris was talking to howard in studio about him and uh, him and ralph out to eat and told the story and it was very vague but it was you know and it was just about how they were out to eat and ralph was kind of a pain in the ass at the restaurant as far as like where they wanted to go and then once they got to the restaurant he was kind of a pain in the ass to the waiter or something like that but very vague it wasn't anything incriminating yeah. It was basically that, and then Ralph all of a sudden he was like, "Oh, that's it. I'm we're no longer friends. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna do that. You know, I don't want to be friends with you if you if you can't 
you know, keep that, those types of things off air, you know, cause you're just, you're all in it for the, and Chris is like, what the fuck? Like I've, you know, I, it, way worse has been done on this show. Like, and, and I wasn't didn't yeah. even think to like try to, it wasn't a gotcha moment. And so Ralph's just being a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, the, the thing fucking went on for a long time. It was dumb. I guess that would be a weird dynamic to that. Neither of us have experience of like hanging out with someone and not, it's like Howard talks about being present when he talks about Jerry Seinfeld or himself. How much are you present in the moment and how much are you looking for material? And even like JD's marriage and stuff. Like ultimately I can respect where he's coming from a lot where like he didn't want JD's marriage to be like Like a the wedding you mean? Bit. Yeah. 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 Like um you know, they did like his bachelor party and they did they talked about his wedding and recap, but I think that stemmed a lot from, I don't want to make, you know, I don't want to make my wedding a whole bit for the show. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I think that that's, that's definitely a thing with the staff is trying to keep things separate and, and what can go on air. And, and I think that's, that comes to a lot uh, into play with Jason. Uh, Jason's right. a big, He's like apparently notorious for, cause Jason and Gary got into it. Right. They got into it a couple months ago with, about the plantains, boss. That was the best. <laughs> yeah, he got super pissed about that. About the plantains, Gary freaked out. Um, and, uh, even like to to go off of that. Remember when JD freaked out? They still play that drop of JD losing yeah. his, you know, losing a little bit. He's yeah, like, "Well, I'll go on wherever I fucking want. Will you yeah. fucking leave me alone? All right." And then Brett Robbins always at the end of that clip. She's like, "Wow, oh my." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely like. I mean, that's got to be fucking aggravating if you feel like something's you know private and close and then somebody goes off and blabs it yeah you'd probably be fucking pissed right right but you don't so know I where to say a little bit i guess it depends on the context of what he's getting pissed about i guess whatever it was set him up but maybe maybe in ralph's defense he's like sitting there thinking Oh, I can let my guard down and just have a drink with this dude or whatever and just like bullshit and not worry about something ending up on the show that's sure. kind of clowning on me. But then Chris's defense is like, all right, Ralph, at the same time, like you literally just told a story to Howard about how I hooked up with this guy, which is way more intimate and way more personal. And I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's true. And it's like you don't know where to draw the line a that's lot a of times. Point. So there's like you, you really don't know what to do with that. Um I don't know. There's there's that thing. Uh, real quick to talk about Benji because Benji was late again, yes. and Howard. Yeah, nice. Oh fuck! And Howard went off. I mean, Howard was it was a weirdo about it because he didn't like necessarily lay into Benji like I thought he was. He kind of, which is probably more strategic. He he sat back and was like, you know, Benji is out of my hands now. If Sirius wants to fire you, they're gonna fire you. Left and, it up to Marcy Turk. Yeah, you never know. We can't have a podcast on that much. The Dark Lord looking dun, over dun, the dun. whole thing. <laughs> oh my God, no! <laughs> but what oh, shot like rats? Maybe, yeah, maybe Howard is like at that stage where, hey, I just want to host a radio show. I don't want to be. I don't want to. Nah, you you know that he's got a part. Like Benji's been with him for twenty no, years. No, part, a part for sure, but. He'd but he's not that. getting fired. He's like, I'm not gonna fire you. Like, I wish I wasn't such a pussy. Like, maybe he's just gonna be like, "Hey, that's not my job anymore." Yeah, but no, Benji's not leaving or staying on the job without Howard's approval or denial. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, he's gonna give the thumbs up or down. Right. So I mean, he was there's in the moment. 
Yeah, but, but he, he definitely he, take, he played the whole like hands off thing. Like it's not in my hands. Three day week. I mean, they probably work less than a hundred days a year. Right. Benji does yeah. it. So ben, so the, this is what work. This is what they 200 t- plus days a year. Exactly. This is what they talked about like Howard, Fred, Robin, and Benji are the only four that have the schedule. That's it. <laughs> right. Benji yeah, has an easier a writing meetings. Benji has an he easier has schedule than readings. than Gary, than than Jason. Like grandfathered into that. You got grandfather to the wrap up show. Doesn't have to do anything. He's got the most like, and that's just what they were talking about. And Howard was kind of laying. He was like, "You have, like, you have everything at your fingertips right now. You have everything's so easy, and you just can't be around." And he was like, "I I mean, he's like five minutes late, but right, you know, it's like you know, but even five minutes late, the the rest of the staff's probably there at least an hour before the show. So that's really like being an hour and five minutes exactly. Like you, you know what I mean? You shouldn't even be." If you're showing up just as the show starts, it's not like you're on time. If you're showing up as Howard's already on the air, it's like, dude, you're <laughs> fucked. Right. Like, what are you thinking? Which I can't imagine how much. I know something's happening, but if you're already, even if like morning meeting and right, I, I so yeah, but like, but honestly, Benji is on the same schedule as Howard, which is like kind of mind-boggling. Like how right. like, Gary's worked with him forever, and I mean, maybe yeah, that's Gary by choice. Does a wrap-up or what show five days a week? Yeah. Gary's working. Probably produces the wrap-up show. John Hines working. Uh, Jason's working. Jason works. Right. And like JG sure those guys are writing bits, doing calls. But Benji's got the guests. he's got the sweetheart deal, and can't show up on time. And that that was yeah, their biggest thing. It's like oh, I think it's a case of this is like the only job. I'm pretty sure he was like went from like Penn State to like an intern. He was like the oldest intern they ever had. Yeah. Um, he's like 15 enrolled in some online school to get accredited for an internship or something and I mean shit he's been on the show for over 20 years right going on probably 30 years do you think he's undervalued because I know but I think it's a case of like this is all he's ever known so he just doesn't he just takes it as oh shit I'm a little bit like he's not taking a step back of like we're talking about Oh wow! Look at my schedule. I have right. a better schedule than ninety nine percent of Americans. Right, he's probably making good money. Yeah, you've seen that. You've worked in com- at companies and ad agencies where you see kids come in and they start their career at that place, and that's all they know. And you see how right. a little bit like how warped they are with right. their mindset. For sure, you can see that. And you, I think guess that's anybody with any job if they don't have a frame of reference. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard for so them all to. All he's known is that he's probably sitting there saying, "Oh." And then he's even said, like, uh, you know, I can't sleep or the schedule. Right. I love one of my favorite times is when Howard is super pissed. It wasn't this time, but one of the previous times where he's, like, pissed about him going around asking for sleep advice. He's like, he's going around asking for sleep advice. Close your eyes! (laughs) That's my advice! He just screams. But Howard does that mad scream. Right. Just it's loses the fucking best. Like the mad time. king. <laughs> Burn them all. Close your eyes. That's my sleep advice. <laughs> so great. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's gone through the same routine a hundred times about, hey, if you don't fall asleep the first night, then the second night, then yeah, if you'll you still be tired don't fall enough. asleep, then just stand, then you'll definitely fall asleep. Yeah, that's but all bullshit. I think that's all 
Yeah, Benji's he doesn't appreciate what he has, and maybe he'll get the axe. I doubt he will, but they'll probably I just keep delegating him. Right. Like, um, I remember one of the, the punishments. Office space where eventually he'll just be down in the in the basement. Yeah, with the, the stapler. stapler. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it wasn't Milton, is it? Milton. Milton. Yeah. Milton from Office Space, yeah. but uh. Oh, what else happened? What else are we thinking about? Oh, Fist Fest. <laughs> fist Fest. I know, that's what I Turn on your fist. That song is creepy enough. I hate it. Uh, I want to dedicate at least 30 seconds to Fist Fest and then move on immediately. <laughs> uh, it was insane. I think... What do you? How do you, up there Daniel? All time. How do you feel about ass meat? <laughs> there's a lot of things in there that the term ass meat will never, never leave my brain now because I'm this never on here. Yeah, exactly. That I wish I did. That I'll take to my grave. Unfortunately, Ugh, disgusting. When a guy is talking about feeling another guy's uh, heartbeat. <laughs> all right. And that's all we got on Fist Fest. And moving on. Don't worry about today's podcast. I've been there before. Honestly, like, I, uh, it was to the point where I was like, do I turn this off? Yeah, they went there. They, yeah. um, do I turn this off? Is this, is this something It was to really off? tough to make it. Uh, I'm not sure if I made it all. I did get a little, I get a little squeamish. Yeah, you're you know, weird with your stomach. You always, like... And uh, I didn't feel the best. <laughs> Dude, it was awful. A little lightheaded, a little, uh, little woozy in the tummy. In the tummy. Uh, that's how, yeah, that's right? how lightheaded I was. I'm getting lightheaded again. It's disgusting. Um, but, but yeah, that's how people went live. down to a fist fest. And I remember it was in Augusta, Georgia, where they have the Masters. And um, Wolfie. Wolfie's what had a, a lot of contributing... <laughs> He's what do you had think a lot Wolfie's, of contributions throughout the what's years. What's Wolfie's deal with him? Do they pay him like a hundred dollars to go do He's this a shit? Or is it just, just but does he get paid? Like, probably like a couple like hundred a couple bucks? bucks. Yeah, I'd say pay for his gas. But it, I wonder who pitches bucks. what. Like, does he pitch a bunch of weirdo shit for him to do? And you're like, oh, we'll prove this. You can go do that for five hundred. Yeah, bucks. I think so. They probably pay for his travel or whatever. But not much, I'm sure. He's doing it for love of the game. We should just he's pitch been doing the, this for years. I'm sure he started out doing it. We should just free. pitch the do shit out in L.A. That, that he doesn't have to come out here for. Right. Be like, hey, save yourself the expense. We're already here. Yeah. We'll cover some weird shit here. West Coast Wolfies. West Coast Wolfies. <laughs> West Coast Wolfpack. Wolf, wolf. <laughs> wolf. Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. Hey, Fist Fest 2020, here we come. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, let's move on to some of the more recent interviews that I, I I thought some of these recent interviews were great, and it's it's interesting that most of them were second or third time or eighth time interviews that Howard seemed to make new, and he has a gift of doing that. Uh, the first one I want to talk about was Dana Carvey, which was Dana Carvey, Dana Carvey, Dana Carvey. Uh, dude, I fucking love Dana Carvey. How he's a comedic genius. He's a legend. He's a legend. He's a comedic genius. And Howard has interviewed him twice now. And the second time, he kind of went a little bit deeper into what I thought. I mean, obviously his impressions are fantastic, but he kind of went a little bit deeper into the uh, the Mike Myers relationship, which I thought was super interesting. Yeah, um, that was really good. Right, and kind of multiple points of their relationship. So, kind of coming together first. 
him like walking away from Wayne's World right when they were either about to film it. I think. Right before they filmed yeah, it, right because he was it. contributing um, some things that he wasn't really part of it. Yeah, they really the he wrote some things and they kind of took it out, and he was like, you know what, I'm good, I don't right. need it, um, which is ballsy. And then also, him talking about which I think he talked about in previous interviews, but he probably he went further into um, the Doctor Evil impression being like his Lauren Michaels, um, and it was stolen. And, Mike Myers fucking stole it. Like, right. he, I mean, he's he was kind of being diplomatic a little bit, but. Mike Myers stole that and put it in his movie. Like, that had to be fucking... Irritating. Like, irritating, mind-boggling. Like, Especially like, as, probably that time, Dana Carvey's career was pretty much on the downslopes, and Mike Myers, Myers was... Myers was, was skyrocketing. And here's a character that Dana Carvey created, and Mike Myers took it, and now made millions and millions of too, dollars. Though, is he's like, Mike Myers' genius was sprinkled all over Austin Powers. Right. It wasn't just... Sure, you know it wasn't just that thing. Yeah, but that would drive me fucking crazy. Like right. you know that like, he said that that's why I'm mean, not why, but that was a large reason we went into therapy and had to work through all that because yeah. he was fucking angry. Like he was I also angry liked in his him talking about like his bombs that he made and just yeah his decisions. I know in previous interviews they they dove further into the Dana Carvey show, which uh, was destined to uh, to a success you couldn't even imagine in show business, where they had like an all star right. team. Yeah, Louis C.K. Right. Bob Odenkirk, I think. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Um, Steve Carell. Right. Colbert? Colbert. Yeah, Yeah. Steve Colbert. Um, And yeah, they just never really came together. It was a good documentary on Hulu, not to pull you away from our fascinating podcast, but... Go watch it later. (laughs) Called Too Funny to Fail about the Steve... um, The... Dana Copy. Dana Copy show. <laughs> I was going to say Steve Martin. Um, but but they didn't dive too far into that uh, this episode, but it talked about his ups and downs of leaving SNL as one of the hottest celebrities or whatever, and then diving into that show, that bombed, and the Bill Clinton impression um, right off the bat, just kind of tanking, and then losing a ton of viewers right off the bat, and being on Fox, and trying to carve out a niche there and never really working and then taking a series of failed movies. So I think it was a good interview of just him opening up um, as much about his failures as his successes. Yeah. I I thought that was super interesting. And, and I know Howard's obsessed uh, with learning the craft of comedy and and people's, you know, whether they might be impressionists or uh, just a good joke craftsman um but howard's always in in tune to finding out uh what their process is and he was really great with dana carvey and finding out what it takes for him to create a great impression um so i thought that was super interesting to listen to dana carvey dive into like what you know what he listens to and how he listens to impressions like music so whenever he hears somebody's voice it's it's like it's like music to him so like he finds the beats of it and and it's just the rhythms the rhythms and all of a sudden it just feel like music and that's how he can figure it out that's how he and he says yeah it was kind of good insight on how to do an impression too yeah i kind of noticed that even after the interview and trying to do impressions or listening to people do impressions it is about picking up a rhythm right it's the rhythm first before you like try to get an inflection or a voice mm-hmm. and now i thought that was super interesting to hear him talk about which um, he's very good at 
I guess certain people are, are good at different parts of impressions, but right. yeah, he's, he's the king of figuring out people's rhythm. Is that but sure. the, the, the unsung hero of his impressions are his material to the impressions. They're great. Right. Like, he has great material, and he's a great improviser. Mm-hmm. Um, the I mean, the fact... talking to each other. And the Beatles the talking to each other. And the fact that, like, Howard can throw in a news story at him, and he can do it as Paul McCartney. Right. It's just incredible. Like, yeah. I mean, it's... You know, I'm like, I think, God forbid, I try to do one. <laughs> well, you know, John, and he starts to, do, you know, just the way he just does that, uh, that little whimsical Paul McCartney right. voice is the best. Just nice about everything. He's a big orange man, yeah, you know. He, he's a, yeah, the whoop to do. His, <laughs> he captures his impressions, or right. that, the aura of the person. Well, and he's the president. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Like to find out Hillary's emails. What's an email? What's an email? That was good. Right. Speaking um, of impressions, uh, I was gonna say, have you heard the the person when Jim Meyer calls in the head of Sirius with his impression? No, so he called in. Um, I mean, yeah, but no, I can't think. He of called that. in when Mehmet pitched his pixelated dildo idea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought it was one of the better personalities that calls in. Just. He's a genius. He's a Da Vinci. <laughs> what staffer is that, you think? I don't know. That's what I was going to ask you. I'm not sure who it is. I don't uh, think it's anyone we know. Is it like the guy who does He's like, like, Lump? It might be. Uh, his name's like Mike um, something. Mike. Uh, I, can't remember. Oh, I can't think of his name. But the guy who does Lump, is uh, he does a lot of those. But, but Steve Nowicki can really change his voice really well. Yeah, he does a lot. He does a lot now. He does a yeah, he does a ton, and then um, his Alex Jones man Chris has Wilding been does a ton, right? But his uh, Steve Newicki's Alex Jones has really taken off. Like the fact that Alex oh, Jones keeps keeps doing right. shows and and including the impression of it is it. so great to me. I yeah. love it. Yeah, he's got that impression not perfect, right? I, um, I miss more Sal's dad impression. We need more of that from Newicki. <laughs> you had one, two, and the paper towels in the water. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, well, let's see, there's 14 planets, uh, 12 continents, uh, minus uh, carry the two, uh, 17. <laughs> um, uh, another another note I have here, and I kind of wish this sometimes from Sour Shoes. And they touched on this, actually. Dana Carvey touched on this, and Sal does a terrible one. But I want better Howard impressionists. Um, None. We found some kid on Instagram that does them really well. Yeah. Um, This kid in New York. And he he actually does them really well. If that kid called in, he would probably get on air. Yeah, I wonder if anybody took notice of him. I'm sure. He doesn't have a lot of followers. How do we find him? Like he only has like a thousand followers or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, but he's incredible. Uh, he's really good. I think I, f- I found him through his stern impression. But anyways, um, there's not a lot of good stern impressionists out there. No, and I'm wondering if that's if he doesn't want that, which I I don't think he does necessarily, especially if the content isn't going to be super flattering towards him or joking, because I don't right. think he's into like roasting himself as much as he used to be, but. I don't think it's an overly difficult impression, but I mean, he'll let Sal do it on like prank calls and stuff. But I would, I mean, come on, Sour Shoes. Dude, Sour Shoes could have that down in 30 seconds. Yeah, I don't know. You're telling me Howard's, I mean, come on, dude. I listen, first of all, I listen to clips from 
Mad Dog Russo, which I don't really, I've never really heard him besides when he got interviewed by Howard. Yeah. And it, it almost sounded like he was doing a Sour Shoes impression of himself. It was mm-hmm. so good that you almost thought it was like sour. It was that's unbelievable. That's wild. And you can't tell me that Sour couldn't do Howard's voice down pat if he wanted to. I don't know. Sour doesn't have a good... Uh, Howard's how hard. I think it's harder than you think, man. Like, I don't know, because like, no one can do it. Like it's Even like impression. Like, you, you, you had to think that... Yeah, bring up that kid who's so good. He kind of sounds like Alan Alda a little bit, but I think he's great. Who? Alan Alda, the actor. Yeah, you do. You'll know him if you hear him. He sounds he sounds like this kid. But uh, who did somebody did him on Saturday Night Live? Uh, Michael McKean did him on Saturday Night Live whenever Adam Sandler played Baba Booey, and he did okay. But how oh, was that? Was years ago? Though, sure, right? that was like in the, in the early '90s or late '80s. No, early '90s. But I don't think his his voice is easy to do. I think it's hard. But did you find that guy? Because he's good. One of the few ones that are good. Yeah, this kid's handle on Instagram is Matterday Night Live. So go follow him. He's an awesome impressionist. But here's a little bit of his Howard Stern. 1954 is when Howard Stern was born. I just wanted to do a quick little happy birthday message. Howard Stern, happy birthday from Howard Stern, you know. You're such a great personality on the radio. You, you just know how to nail down the guests, right? They don't want to talk about something. Doesn't matter. They're on Stern. They're going to address it, right? If there's some romance, some secret girlfriend or boyfriend, you're going to just drill it out of the person. I wanted to say thank you so much for the amazing uh, voice and, and hilarity and laughs that you provided your audience over the years with and uh you're just you're just so great i mean you're fantastic so thank you so much and i hope to see you soon one day man okay i mean that was pretty good you really can't find i mean nobody really does one so it's hard to compare it to anybody but that's pretty fucking good right yeah i think more people could but he doesn't want it but yeah we could find it if people were doing it come on what's down sour sour i want you to go to jail for this sour sour uh shit what else uh okay so a couple more interviews and we'll wrap this about, thing up um, adam carolla about cameo oh oh damn Bobo. you know i went to go get daniel uh, a cameo <laughs> just for fun turns out i can't fucking afford one because hypogeric charges so damn much are you kidding me hypogeric charges as much as brett Favre. <laughs> Favre. One of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. And high pitch Eric are charging the same amount for a cameo. Uh, I was saying to Tyler that they were making fun of Bobo for making like 17-minute cameos, but if I paid that money, I would love a 17-minute cameo. I wouldn't expect anything less than a 17-minute cameo, and I'll edit it down myself. (laughs) Where he just goes off on God knows what rant about being a post office worker for years. Oh, my God. Saying racist shit. (laughs) He said a racist comment on there, and instead of just erasing it and re-recording it, kept it in and just... He's an idiot. He's an yeah, idiot. He just says, whoops, uh, duh, don't pay attention to that. Yeah. And just keeps on recording. Like, that. dude, you have the, the ability to just re-record. You're an idiot. He's an idiot. And it's, uh, he's the best. Oh, he's God one of my Boba. favorite callers. Um, 
This whole cameo fiasco is hilarious, though. These guys are making more money than us. Whose cameo would you buy if you were to buy If they were all equal price, who would you buy? Oh. Bobo cameo probably be... You're getting the best bang for your buck. He seems to to just kind of just go off script and do his own thing. High pitch, will, high pitch will say whatever you write, so that could be interesting too. <laughs> so you could write anything ridiculous, like just the most insane message of all time, and high pitch will read it right. back and not think anything of it. Was the one for like Mike Tits or something? <laughs> Mike Tits. <laughs> yeah. Simplest. You know who I would love to get a cameo from, and he's no longer with us. Is I know you're you're gonna think I'm gonna say high pitch Eric, or I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Eric, Eric the actor but it's actually Riley Martin I would, <laughs> I would love a cameo from Riley Martin well I send you my tribute to Riley on your birthday that's year. right including uh, this year I didn't forget and don't forget Tell the Hugh Jessel <laughs> Willie Fistigash uh, Ethan Twats <laughs> <laughs> There's always one in there. If I, even if I've heard it 20 times, it'll, it'll get, get me. me. <laughs> Every single time. I love it. Oh, Riley Martin was the best. Uh, Daniel, on yeah, my I birthday, sends me, oh, yeah. a, sends me a Biavian happy birthday message. Uh, I can only... Un talking tore. It's the best song ever. Yeah, rest in peace, Riley. Mm. If he's up there with a Biavian somewhere. We can only be so lucky. Um, if high pitch and Bobo are off the board, I'm gonna go with Tan Mom. Would be an awesome cameo because you don't know what the hell you're gonna end up with. <laughs> and it'd probably be better if you end up. Well, let's cut to the madness. chase. <laughs> probably just get your name wrong. Well, Jason. <laughs> it's Who's Daniel. Jason? <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, that would be awesome to get a to get a personal message from Tan Mom. Tan Mom would be good. And I know they uh, did that bit where they called, um, where they called back as the little kid getting his help from his homework from Tan Mom, and she just holds no responsibility for giving all the wrong answers right. to his homework. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um. Um. All right. Oh God. One more thing we gotta talk about before we forget is uh that's happened in the last few weeks is this high register Sean. Oh, instant instant classic. Instant whackbacker. Instant classic. This guy's the best. Instant everything. Oh man. You know he called in back in the day. Yeah. But um, now he's now he's picking back up steam and and. And God bless them. I really love people that can call in with a voice like that, and then it just doesn't even get commented on half the time. Like, I mean, this guy has got a voice, and how can try to imitate it, it totally straight. Just play it straight and just listen to what the guy because what the guy is saying is actually more insane than his his voice defect. <laughs> like, it's it's out of, actually out of control. But he, he believes in dogmen, uh, and he thinks that the dogman was buried in his backyard, and it's a government cover-up, and it's all a bunch of conspiracies. Well, he was digging through feces in his backyard and uh, saw scat. I think is what he called it. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Yeah, I know. And saw animal bones in there, so you know, naturally it must be a dogman. I love it. 
I love High Register, Sean. But, that was that's been fun yeah, for the last couple weeks. Yeah, we had just been featured for like an hour on the show. Yeah, just really good. They gave him a full hour of the life. Yeah, you know if his if his kids believe in this, <laughs> it, really, it really shows you that anyone can be interesting, right? <laughs> With the proper interviewer. Ooh, speaking of people that are interesting, uh, uh, Howard had a, f- uh, a couple guests on. Uh, besides Dana Carvey, that were uh, you know repeat guests, but for some reason I was just as interested in these interviews as I was in the first round. Uh, Adam Carolla is definitely one of them. He's been on the show many, many times, but I thought he was great. I thought he was really, really funny. Yeah, he always does really well, and him in his own right, he's kind of huge. He's right. um, has a massive audience, so and he kind of downplays that, which is cool. But yeah, he's seen it all. He kind of reflect on that. He was like a carpenter and foreman all this stuff and you know being on the man show and being a writer on multiple shows and and now coming full circle and having this massive audience as a podcast and he's always just a funny guy to just have and just comment on what's going on and just can kind of riff on whatever topic and just a naturally funny dude very funny he's always he's very witty um i'm always intimidated when i hear somebody like him on the radio because Harold says something. It's just like the quickness of Adam Carolla is is, is remarkable. He's super quick um, with a joke uh, and a light up your smoke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's he's uh, he's great. He, he's uh, I, I was actually I was really impressed with him as a Stern Show guest, just because you know people have been on that couch before. It's like how many times can you be on that couch and and go through the same process and have Howard interview you and and make it still be interesting and topical and funny. Uh, and I, he didn't miss a beat. I thought it was great um, talking about uh, how Howard influenced him and Jimmy whenever they first started doing Crank Anchors. It was interesting because Howard was, you know, not not to say an innovator in any way as far as prank calls, but um, definitely kept that spirit alive uh, even whenever the art of that was kind of dying out. Yeah. And uh, and he still does. I think it's great. It's still such a funny, funny concept, a funny medium. And... Yeah, Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel took that and and made it into an entire show. I thought that was a great way to uh, incorporate Howard's you know innovativeness into, into their own career. Something that did make me sad about that is hearing him talk about how on the modern version of Crank Anchors they don't record together, and that in the original concepts of the show it was just them making each other laugh you know making genuine prank calls sure just being friends so that kind of made me sad now yeah. they're both like famous and they just kind of like call it in literally call it in yeah right that's where that term came from <laughs> you ever watch there's a movie funny I and mean, it's totally off subject but there's a movie funny people uh with adam yeah. sandler and seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. the beginning of that is is real home videos of adam sandler and judd apatow who directed it mm-hmm. when they were you know in their 20s living together making prank oh, phone right. calls it's the very beginning yeah, of the yeah, film they're playing the it's the fuck yeah. like, honestly it warms my heart more than anything because it's just like just you know it's so pretty much us it, yeah just idiot just you know a couple of idiots making like making each other laugh and cracking each other up because they're just making phony phone calls phony phone calls I mean, it's sad to say that Dan well, and I were in our mid twenties, making still making <laughs> phony phone calls just for the amusement of ourselves. Uh, I said mid twenties as if it wasn't. Yeah, like, I was like late twenties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to do one right now, but 
I, they're still funny to me, and uh, I just thought that was uh, cool. Yeah, there's something pure joy about yeah a good prank call. A good prank call is great, especially if you, you know it's all. I mean, the search has masters of it, right? Um, but yeah, like uh, that was a great interview. Um, uh, who else did he have on recently? He had um, oh, uh, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. That was a good. Uh, yeah, that was, that was cool. And that's they've cool had both to have of them two on. people in at right. the same time and have two different like completely different dynamics. He was obsessed with Charlie's man. Like you could just like <laughs> he like could not get off the subject that she was that beautiful. Like it was like almost every yeah. two questions came back to like Charlie's you're the most beautiful woman in the world. Like right. I always wonder like who's when, hotter. Right. Who's like he wouldn't get off it to the point where I was like I wonder if that was one of those ones where like Beth is like hey you could have eased up a little bit because <laughs> like I remember like after the end of the at the end of the, end of the interview I did think it was a great interview and like maybe I was thinking too much into it but I remember thinking I was like did he go a little too far like too much with the like how hot she is and like right. her looks but I don't know yeah. I, I, it was cool to see and, and again it's kind of two completely different dynamics completely different backgrounds you know Charlize Theron was like the Hollywood a-lister now venturing into more com. I mean she's probably done comedy before but for her to be on with Seth Rogen with a completely different background and obviously didn't make his way there by his looks or you know it was right. more of a comedy background uh, but it worked well and and maybe that's what they were going for and plugging the movie to show people that they had a chemistry but didn't I don't work, often remember yeah, I'm, I'm sure. No, the movie fucking I mean, didn't it, make it, any his money. His movies aren't, aren't the best track record. I mean, I love his movies. Like personally, like I like, like I, I'm, I'm, I do like Seth Rogen movies a lot. Like I really do like. I mean, him. the early ones, but he's put out a lot of turds. Like what? What didn't you like? Any of them? <laughs> <laughs> Neighbors. I like Neighbors. Oh, that was awful. I liked it. It's funny. Um, funny. I don't remember. I don't know what he's in. Pull up uh, his IMDb. It'll be a bunch of turds. Nah, I like him. I, I, um, I, I'll tell you. Like I that like animated them all. movie was a flop. That didn't do well. I actually wasn't crazy about that, but I, I don't know. I, I like most Seth Rogen movies. Yeah, he's a funny guy. But um, I, uh, I was just saying like it didn't do well as far as box office concerned. Like it, it didn't. Well, his movies office. are like cheap to make, and they make more. They make a good profit. I mean, I'm not knocking him. He's super successful and right. way more talented than I am. <laughs> but I can only take his character for the first 20 movies. Do you like this I is the end? 30 more. That was a good one. I'd say that was his last good one. I like this is the end. That's probably like one of my favorite comedies that's come out in the last 10 years. Yeah, that was good. What's this podcast about? Oh yeah, the Howard's. I think I'm a Seth Rogen. <laughs> the Seth Rogen. All right, guys, thanks for listening to Seth, Seth Rogen podcast. Seth Green. It's <laughs> uh, right, we right. digress. Let's wrap up this uh, catching up on the Stern Show. There's obviously a lot more that we've left out as far as catching up on the Stern Show, but we'll pick up on that in another future podcast. But thank you for listening to this episode. Click five stars, click the thumbs up. That'll help us share this content to more Stern fans. For now, I'm Daniel Coyne. And I'm Tyler Cortad. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now. And with a
Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.